Welcome to the Momgasm Podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. Welcome back, babes. Last week, we decided to pause on releasing this episode out of respect for the current uprising and anti-racist revolution. We believe in amplifying melanated voices, and we want to make it abundantly clear that Momgasm is committed to unlearning racism. With that being said, in this week's episode, we sat down two weeks ago and had a very honest conversation about sharing your truth. Lindsay elaborates after posting on Instagram and receiving backlash, which leads to a super interesting conversation about making space for people's opinions, getting comfortable with death, the benefits of smoking a joint before having a heated discussion, is there such thing as a collective truth, and embracing multiplicity, especially through our sexuality. This is a juicy conversation, so sit down and get into it. Drinking a beer, living your best life. Living your oh, drinking a beer. Fuck, I wish I had beer. Cheers, bitch. Cheers, Earl Grey beer. Yeah, it's delightful. Wow, delightful. I'm. It's. I'm not a huge beer person, like at all. But I. It's intriguing enough. I find like, I enjoy drinking like half a beer and then I'm over it. Yeah, but. I'm I'm here for this propeller Earl Grey pale ale. What does it taste like? Does it taste like Earl Grey tea? No. <laughs> sort like it tastes mm-hmm. like beer but like a like a like a like a floral beer? Yeah, like a, it has that like slightly floral kind of bergamot Earl Greyish feel, mm-hmm. but it's not like Oh, that's definitely Earl Grey that I'm tasting. Ooh. That makes sense. Mm, I haven't drank anything from Propeller in a really long time. <gasps> they also I have mean, a lime light beer, which is fucking fantastic. A lime light beer? Yeah, it is so what good. The fuck. This is now turned into an inadvertent advertisement for Propeller <laughs> beer. But support local, because that's important right now. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Cheers, Propeller. I th- cheers, Propeller. And you know what? This conversation has now made me want to go buy some Propeller beer. So. Right? And they just opened their store. I don't know if it's actually a store or if it's like a tap room slash store in the Keep on Quimple. Well, I'm going to write this down. Because um, I really want beer now. That's acceptable. It's also supposed to be fucking beautiful again tomorrow, if not even hotter. I know. Which apparently brings out your inner demon. Yes, it does. (laughs) It brings out my inner cancer and my Leo. That's uh, so I get real fiery and then I also get really emotional and cry and then I get fiery again. It's great. That's that's cute. That's cute. I find for me, it just like nurses my Aries fire realness. I'm just like, give me the summer. Give me the sun. It's good. It's good for me. It's good vibe. Yeah. We went to the beach today and I definitely got a burn on my back because like 
I didn't have Ollie to put any sunscreen on my back. Aww. So I had to do the whole sunscreen by myself. And do you have like finger um, burns? Yeah, it looks weird. It, it's literally like a swipe across my back. And then the rest of my back is burned. <laughs> it, it doesn't look very good. No, this so. is why we need to teach our kids from a young age to be able to <laughs> distribute sunscreen evenly on our backs. Right. We need to make them put the lotion on the skin. <laughs> yeah, they, we need to like make them work for us. I mean, my kids yeah. do give a pretty mean massage. Do they really? No, it's just like an awkward setting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're working our way to a mean massage. Also, they've definitely like massaged me with the magic wand before on Ooh. my body, not on my. Almost of my private parts. And I'm like, that's the most disgusting thing that's ever almost come out of my mouth. Um, but yeah, no, they've they've definitely like rubbed it up and down my back, which is pretty funny to watch Fallon try and wield this giant vibrating thing. Uh, that's actually it reminds me of today. Ollie and I, Ollie came home for lunch and uh, we decided for the first time ever to have a quickie on his lunch break. We've never done that Nice! It steamy, was, steamy. It was so awesome. He like came home and I was like washing my hair and I could tell that he was like feeling fiery and I was like, are you wanting to do something? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, well, I literally just finished washing my hair. I was like, give me a sec. So he goes downstairs and I was like feeling out. I'm like, do I, do I want to do this? Like, okay, this is the mindset I have to be in because like the kids are up, they are awake, mm. they have energy. There's <laughs> a strong possibility they're going to walk in any minute. It's like Am a, I prepared it's like an for eight this? eight out of 10 chance. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to lean into this resistance and I'm just going to do it. So it was hot. It was great. And we used the... Uh, the g-pop we brought that back in which was awesome and then of course the inevitable happens uh both children walk in right in the middle like we did not hear them coming up the stairs like full-on come in the vibrator is vibrating at a high velocity (laughs) and i'm like oh god i put it under the the blanket but it's still going and henry's like what are you doing (laughs) i'm like it's we're just cuddling we are cuddling can you please go back downstairs? And then, so he leaves and then Roland comes up and he walks behind Oliver and he's like, but, but daddy, but. Oliver's like, yes, that is my butt child. Yes. (laughs) What else do I do in this scenario? Um, But yeah, they were, oh, and then I, I, after they kept coming back up and so I was just like, fuck it. Like, I think we're done. And it was, it was funny. And then I left the vibrator beside me and I forgot I put it there. And then Roland <laughs> picks it up. like all of my juice all over it. And I was like, oh God, nope. Like, just get, give that back to mom. Fuck. Okay, this is, oh, this is happening. And Oliver looked at me, he's like, I feel like they're never going to forget this. I'm like, no, they definitely will. Okay. I, hope. I, hope. I, need to, I need to tell you something because I feel like it might make you feel better. Not that I think you feel terrible because this shit happens to every one of us. Everyone. Every one of us. And it's normal and it's fine and they're not going to be scarred for life. Yeah. But I... (laughs) At some point or another in the last couple of months, I was playing with the satisfier because it's becoming 
it's becoming a favorite for me I think it's becoming like a really really good feeling for me Mm. but I was playing with the satisfier and then I finished up and I just like you know sometimes when you like orgasm or you finish and you're just like oh I just want to like put down everything that I'm holding and just be here and chill in this so I did that and I just kind of like threw the satisfier down in the bed somewhere and I, I guess it must have gotten covered by a blanket or a pillow because I forgot about it and didn't remember until Fallon came up to me with it in her mouth. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking way. Yep. And she put the business end in her mouth. So, like, oh the, part, the part that goes over your clitoris was in her mouth. <laughs> oh fuck which my immediate reaction was like oh god no and then I thought about it and I was like well I mean people eat pussy so I mean there's worse things there are worse things I I will agree there are definitely worse things I mean yes your almost two-year-old daughter putting your vibrator in her mouth is 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 a little you know it's like oh god what did i just do did i cross a boundary i don't know thankfully it's not like an internal stimulating toy because that i feel like would have been right too much for me to handle right but fuck yeah no but i mean like you know i me and ollie we sleep in the bed sometimes nude sometimes not nude the boys roll around the bed so it's like although you know there's not like smegma and stuff on the bed (laughs) it's still like you know there's parts of us there's smells they're they're involved in it so it's like yeah but it also made them so whatever exactly right they came out i mean yeah you want to smell that's a smell (laughs) birth smells birthy very very yeah. birthday yep oh yeah oh yeah and especially room, the days after oh my Ooh. room my room smelled like birth for a while <sighs> yeah a while yeah that, that's a pungent smell right it there is. oh that's not one that i would want to get as a scented candle <laughs> <laughs> you mean we're not gonna make birth scented candles as part of our momgasm <laughs> empire that's that's not something that we're <laughs> We're gonna do. Maybe we could just use use the name birth scent or the smell of birth. What you wish a... birth smelled like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I could choose a smell for birth of like what my pussy smelled like. I think it would have to be between shea butter. That's the first thing that came to mind. Or like lemon. Like, if my kid came out and it was a citrus smell, I was like, oh, shit, nice. Yeah, I'll do this all the fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. My pussy just makes an essential oil as soon as I give birth. (laughs) Your pussy is a diffuser. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just envisioning, like, puffs of little steam. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Is that a hint of birth? It smells delightful. After birth has a whole new meaning. (laughs) 
Oh my God. Oh, wow. It's off on a great start. It is. It is. <laughs> Fuck me. That sunshine, man. It is. I, I definitely feel drunk on sun. Like, Dang. I spent almost my entire morning outside on the deck, mostly alone, which was really nice. great. I ate my breakfast out there. I had my coffee out there this morning. Um, and I was just out there, like, in a bodysuit, nothing else. It's like, hello, okay. neighbors. I'm in my okay. prime. <laughs> oh, oh, that, that was girthy. <laughs> it was. That was, woof. There was almost some substance with that. <laughs> oh. Um, but, yeah, it just it felt really good to be in the sun. And then, actually, earlier today, um, I had an impromptu podcast recording with Optimistically Depressed. So Ruth Ooh. and I sat down and re- recorded a whole episode uh, around body image and self-love and dismantling beliefs. And yeah, it was good. It was really, really good. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really, it, it was good. It was one of those things where... Um, it was just divine synchronicity. Like it was supposed mm-hmm. to happen because now that the bubbles have happened and we've been able to extend um, into my, my in-laws, my mother-in-law is going to start taking the kids uh, two afternoons a week is what we're going to try. So it's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so today was the first kind of trial run. And so I was like, I'm going to have a whole afternoon. What am I going to do with an afternoon? And then as I had this thought, Ruth sent me a message and was like, hey, I just read your post. I'm really inspired. Are you, have, like, are you free by chance? Can we sit down and record? And I was like, funny enough, I'm going to be free in an hour and the house will be quiet. So that's good. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really, it was really, really good. And it got me super fired up about a lot of stuff, which felt good because I've been kind of in a low vibration, heavy, dense energy for for a little while, which we're going to talk about, but it was really nice to to do what I do and just talk about what I do and talk about what I'm so passionate about. Mm. And it's probably out already if you're listening to this. So if you haven't, you should go pop optimistically depressed. Oh my God, talking is hard and uh, give it a listen. Yeah. yeah, Ruth is fantastic. Oh, genuine human. Genuine yeah. human. And she's really on this like awakening process. And it's like mm-hmm. really cool to see her just getting more bold and more excited and more passionate. And yeah, it was it felt good to drop some some knowledge bombs. Fuck, I'm gonna have to go listen. I'm yeah. I wanna listen in. I think it's supposed to come out today at some point or like early tomorrow. So Shit, she's quick. Yeah. We are not. How, how, how? I think it has to do with, like, the period of time that we're in, like, with COVID and isolation. Mm-hmm. It's. I think she's kind of just doing it as it comes because the the regular scheduled programming has clearly been put to a halt. Yeah. So I, t- I talked briefly about kind of our... <laughs> struggles with momgasm she had asked how things are going i was like well good but also fucking weird fucking weird yep. yeah i was like it's yep. been it's been an adjustment of of figuring out how to make it work long distance and still have the same 
energy and quality. And yeah, I feel like we're getting closer to our stride, but it definitely feels a lot harder when there's other people in the mix as well. Cause it's, it's the, it's harder to read the energy between us in a way that makes interviewing somebody as seamless as it typically is. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, and that's what I've been struggling with that lately over the last month, like since this all went down COVID. Two, two um, months. We're on month months, two. Yeah. Nope, we're going into month three. I don't know what's happening. No, it's an emergency. State of emergency happened March 22nd. So month, almost two months. Two months. Yeah, it's been It'll two be- months because I came back from Mexico yeah. and was in mandatory quarantine right away. May 22nd is tomorrow. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. It's going to be two months tomorrow, state of emergency. But isolation was, isolation and quarantine for those that had been traveling was put in place before. So I was in like the added two week bubble of, oh, I can't go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, when that all went down, uh, all of our plans got thrown into the fire and that really put us in a tricky position as everyone was put into a tricky mm. position. Um, but it made it kind of, I think you and I and everyone kind of went through a long period of like, well, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we continue? Mm. How do we keep this alive? And, and I, for a long time, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fuck off and go paint. I don't know what to do at this point. And that's what I did. And I remember yeah. Ollie talking about, he's like, how's mom guys? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, we're just, we're just holding on. We're holding on to what we can yep. and we're chugging along. And that's about as much as I can say. Yep. I was, it's funny. Cause I was in a very similar headspace where it's like Jeff was prodding and asking questions and being like, well, shouldn't you be recording this week? And shouldn't this be happening? And I was like, mind your fucking business. Thank you. I appreciate that you are invested in what I'm doing. That's awesome. Not in the right fucking headspace for this. Leave me alone. Trying to figure out how to even exist, let alone how to keep my business going. Yeah. Sit down. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I know. And I actually had a Reiki session done pretty shortly after everything went down and, and, uh, and, I'm, and my Reiki practitioner, she's also a psychic. And she said to me, she's just like, this change of course is actually good for you. She's mm. like, you, I think you needed this. And I, and I was like, huh. I was like, okay. I, I like, I definitely feel that because when it came to like us going on tour, I was like, fuck, like, yes, I want to do this, mm. but can I do this? Can I feasibly do this as a mom? And then COVID happened right before we were like putting things in place that brought everything to a halt. And I was like, okay, I guess it's not happening. And this is giving me the chance to evaluate where we are with momgasm and where we want this to go. And like, Mm. how can I feasibly do a tour? Like, how can I make this work as a mother? Mm. And so like, that's a good benefit to it, but it sucks obviously because we can't do a in-person live show which was like my most favorite thing to do it is our last our last live show was incredible Mm -hmm. and it was like oh yeah that was it's really butthurt about that it was hard to like 
it's funny because I was also trying to like wrap in my brain, like, how are we going to make a tour work? What does that have to look like so that it, it works for our lifestyle in a way that we don't feel burnt out and that is like charging us and getting us excited and in a way that we can still do um, the more intimate events like the sleepover that we were planning on doing for April and the retreats and things like that. And so I was getting all of that. I was kind of mulling over all of that in my brain. And then we did the live show and I was like, fuck it. I don't care. We'll figure it out because this is what we're supposed to be doing. And so to like have that moment of conviction in like, yes, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. This fires me up. I will figure out the energy because this also gives me the energy to then go on vacation and come home to everything at a standstill. Mm. I was like, what? do I do with this information? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to go hide somewhere for a while and try and fucking find my feet again. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I don't think live shows are going to be a thing until 2021. Um, I don't know. See, I'm, I'm kind of my, I've given up on projecting things. mm -hmm. not helping me. It doesn't, why sit here and try and project when isolation is over or when they'll extend the bubbles further or when things will open up or when things will get back to quote unquote normal or a quote unquote new normal. Um, because I can consume all of my time and energy trying to plan for something that is completely unknown or I can just ride it the fuck out and be here now and do what I can with now. And that is serving me so much more than trying to desperately hold on to well maybe by this time I can do photography again or maybe by this time we can do live Mm -hmm. shows again so that's kind of where my headspace is so when it's time it will be time and when it is time we're gonna fucking do some cool ass shit yeah but in the meantime we're doing cool ass shit in different ways like the online show that we have coming up on Will it be over by this? Yeah. It will will be over by this. This is the day after. Yeah. So if you missed the live show, you better get your buns on our email list, which I need to make now that I've said this, (laughs) (laughs) so that you don't miss the next one. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck. That just reminds me that I have a whole bunch of emails from the show that I need to put on our email list. That was my initial plan to do. That was going to be my first momgasm task when I got back from Mexico because I was like oh great we'll have an email list to like send out for all of our tour dates and stuff and I'm like oh well that's not happening that's not happening well put put a little put a little thumbtack in that and now I'm gonna revisit Mm. it probably tomorrow or the next day that my kids are not with me yeah it's it's definitely a weird time and i think that we're we are all at covid's mercy and we are adjusting the way that we can and for you and i being mothers to two very small children each Mm. a lot of our adjusting is in that sphere of how can we support our children and our families in this really weird time oh you mean it's not get away from me children i need some space yeah (laughs) <laughs> right 
Oh my God. There's been so many times where I'm like, Ollie, I'm really considering going to an ashram for a month. Like, this oh, is a real possibility. Take me with you. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. Okay. Momgasm does ashram. <laughs> 2021? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, seriously. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, so momgasm, like especially the momgasm parties every Sunday, those have been an, an absolute getaway and escape. And also like, an, like the tether that is helping me stay afloat mm-hmm. a lot of the time when it comes to entrepreneur stuff. It's like, okay, this is keeping me going. The episodes are keeping me going. It mm. sucks not being with you. Yes. I mean, like, I feel like this right now, us talking, like, I feel like this is probably the best I've been able to read your energy and like, I've been able to feel like you're here with me. Like all the other conversations is like, Ooh, this is weird. This is really weird. I don't know about this. Right. But this is only really, really, this is probably only our third conversation yeah. that we've actually had. Yeah. We had one solo and then one with Chili. Yeah. And now this, and this one. Is, this is, yeah. So I think we're just finding our stride and I, I feel like the resistance to having to use this as a platform in the meantime is kind of melted away so that it is easier to just be present instead of present and also questioning, but is this working? How do I feel about this? Can I read her? What's going on? Like it's, it's, we're adjusting. It just, it took some, it took some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see how like the world is adapting to this situation like Mm. how there's so many options to like connect with your loved ones and connect with your business partners and connect in every fucking way possible to connect like there's just one option after another and it's Mm. you know really incredible and at the same time kind of overwhelming i was gonna say definitely it's tiring yeah yeah. Like I, when I sign on to Facebook and Instagram, I'm like, Oh God, I just, I just, I don't know if I can handle this. It's it. I There's yeah. There, <laughs> there's also a whole <laughs> other piece to that though. I think where there's so much that's happening on social media right now, that is a whole lot of noise and a whole lot of not helpful. And that's what I'm finding unbearable right now and yeah Lindsay, you've had a lot of experience with that over the last week haven't you there darling (laughs) (laughs) i mean really over the last two months it's been this i've been watching a lot of things unfold on the internet from dear friends that i love that have are positioned in a way that that give me very real concern or are being shared in a way that is very concerning and also like isolating for a lot of people and so i have kind of been sitting and watching and trying to adequately put how i feel about what I'm seeing into words in a way that is speaking my truth, is being vulnerable, but also isn't just adding to the noise or screaming Mm. louder about what I feel people need to be paying attention to. And so finally, two months in, I had, um, I guess it was my breaking point where I finally was like, "I I have to say something. If I'm not using my voice, 
if I'm not speaking my truth or if I'm not kind of standing up for those that are maybe in a similar position to me, then I'm not being of service when I could be. And I'm also doing myself a disservice because I'm, I've been holding all of this in for a really long time. Mm. And so I finally made the decision to just sit down and honestly write from my perspective and write my concerns and what I've been seeing and hearing. And it was not received very well no, from a lot of people. It was not. You got a lot of, a lot of flack. I did get, I got a lot of people that said thank you and that were yeah. feeling similar to me and that also shared similar concerns to me. And then I had all of, the, not all of, but a lot of the individuals that have been sharing very strongly. Um, and I don't want to say an opposing viewpoint because that's, that's not really what it is mm. at if I sit back and I think about what they're saying or like the, the foundation of what they're saying, which is kind of fighting for um, freedom and less control and autonomy. Yeah. Okay. I fundamentally, I agree with a lot of that, but it's being shared in a way that doesn't give much consideration for those who are not in an able body or those who are maybe in a different socioeconomic position mm-hmm. and not in a position of affluence or financial comfort. Mm-hmm. And maybe those who are not living in spaces where they're not living on top of each other or having um, 10 family members under one roof because that's the way that it needs Mm -hmm. to be for where they're living. And so for me, there was this really big concern of feeling like there was part of the conversation that was being missed. And so I I shared this and I got a lot of backlash and questioning and disapproval from individuals that I care about deeply. And it was really, really, really hard for me to, first of all, be in a position where it feels like everyone that I love deeply, not everyone, but a large part of the people that I love very deeply are are kind of championing for a message that says my life doesn't have value. And I get that that's a very personal kind of triggered viewpoint because that's not, I don't believe that's what they're saying at all, but it can be interpreted that way for somebody who does have a serious heart condition. Mm -hmm. And to then kind of respond to that and, and hopefully receive compassion, which there were a few people that kind of compassionately, yeah, disagreed or did so in a way that they spoke their truth and what and and expressed what it was that they were feeling in a way that didn't feel like I was getting chastised or demeaned or called a fucking obscene something or other or whatever it was <laughs> whatever yeah, there it was, was there was one woman who really ripped into you one oh, person really what ripped into you there was yeah there was somebody who who wrote this huge long um 
comment talking about how people are dying in isolation because of suicide and poverty and not having access to healthcare and domestic abuse, which all very, very true. It's, I'm not ever going to be the person that's like, oh, isolation is great for everybody mm-hmm. or necessarily great for anybody. That wasn't my, my intention or my argument at all. <laughs> but they immediately wrote all this and then blocked me. So I couldn't even comment back, which I thought was really strange. But yeah, it's just been a really hard thing. To what? F- Sorry, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, it's just been a very, very hard thing to feel like people can't or aren't interested in treading with a little bit of compassion or even interested in trying to understand one another. That's where Mm. I'm really having a hard time coping with, Mm. with all of the noise on, on social media. So just for the listeners who haven't read the post, if you want to give them the Coles notes or the full version, your intention behind the post and like what that conversation was about and what your, Mm. your intention was behind that. I probably read it. Hold on. Yeah. I just need to grab my phone. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm very, very close to this. I'm so awkward for you. I'm also losing the sun. Also, can we talk about that? It's 8.30 and the sun is still up. I know. As I pick I my love it. I love it. I love it too. I'm very, very hell yes for this. All right. Where is it? So it's like, before I read this, I'll kind of like, my intention in sharing this was only to ex- to extend the conversation to include those that are vulnerable. That was kind of my intention. It was like, hey, I'm over here too. And yeah. and I think that we need to extend the conversation to to include more people and more voices so that we aren't being so insular in our experience or only using um, stories or considering stories that further my argument or my Mm -hmm. position. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my most common intention. So here's the post. Let's see if I can get through this. I hear your righteous anger and I raise you my life. I've sat for two full months trying to string together the right words to sum up what I'm feeling. Caught in between a sea of fear and a life raft of righteous anger. You see, I'm not someone who, or I'm someone who believes in the old ways. The benefits of plant medicine, the slower pace of life, energy healing, and above all bodily autonomy. I believe in the sanctity of human life and the right to choose. I hear your fear, your frustration, and rage, but in your campaigning for freedom, it feels like you've forgotten mine. Whether this virus is man-made or from the earth isn't the issue for me. I'm all for questioning authority and feeling into your truth, so by all means, continue questioning. I'm not here to tell you that your immune system can't adequately be supported or your body isn't well enough to build natural immunity or that dirt isn't our friend. All of this may be very well and true for you, but it isn't for me. You see, I am one of the vulnerable, the ones who likely wouldn't survive, no matter the tincture, the supplements, or teas. I haven't lived a full or exceptionally long life, and I have no desire to cut it short now. 
I was born with, with a congenital heart defect, something the very medical system you chastise and condemn freed me from. Not permanently, but enough that I, uh, that I have been given time, life, breath, family, and children. The opportunity to grow, expand, and affect change in the world through my existence. I didn't choose this, it chose me. And most days I feel I'm better for it because of what it's gifted me, depth and compassion. The ability to remember what it's like to have your life in someone else's hands, both figuratively and literally. For the past two months, I've woken and picked up my phone. Uh, for the past two months, I've woken and picked up my phone. I've been inundated with posts, messages, podcasts, and videos proclaiming that my life has no value. From strangers to my dearest friends, rising up against the order of lockdown and fight for the very autonomy and freedom I hold so dear. Hold on, there's more. Where'd it go? Time and time again, the call of freedom fighters rings in my ear like an echo I can't escape. Rebelling against the system that quote unquote gives us false sense of safety in order to be free. But what happens when the very freedom also ends the life of a friend, a lover, your mother, or a child? How differently might you feel if you were in my shoes? You see, I'm also terrified at how swiftly it all changed, how quickly the orders came down, the businesses closed, and the people got shut away in their houses. It was unsettling and also incredibly comforting. To know that I live in a country that values the life of everyone, which I'll edit to clearly not everyone because we still have huge issues with racism and classism and sexism, but I digress. <laughs> um, and not just the majority, that people were willing to painstakingly pull away from their lives, uh, from the lives they know and love for a period of time so those like myself have a chance to live freely too. Are we so consumed with ourselves and rooted in our convictions that we can't possibly imagine giving up our comforts for two to six months so everyone can live freely instead of some of us going on as usual while those like myself who are vulnerable become trapped inside indefinitely? It's so easy to say, well, then you stay inside when it isn't you. And this thing, or, and this is the thing. It's not just me. You'd be affecting my entire family and how we would exist from here on out. I feel your fear your pain, your frustration, your anger, but I beg that you feel mine too, to understand the pain I feel every single time I hear the message that my life, my breath, my existence doesn't have value. Mm. So, so beautifully written. Thank you. I mm. like made Jeff read it three times before I posted it. I was like, ah, cause I told him, I was like, this is, I was like, this is my intention. All I want to do is share my perspective and open up the idea that there are individuals that are benefiting from slowing this thing down. Mm -hmm. The hard thing is a lot of the individuals that are like campaigning for freedom or being very loud with their voice are also the individuals who are saying this is a complete hoax, that it's, there isn't a virus, that people aren't dying, that all of this is a conspiracy. And that feels like a very ignorant thing to say. Um, yeah, like I, I don't understand how anyone can sit and say like, this isn't happening. Yeah. Like that baffles me. I'm right there with you. And it's like in, in saying that, I'm not doing that to like judge you or chastise you in any way. It's a genuine 
desire of wanting to know like where is this coming from like where is this belief coming from and also why can't we just tread a little bit fucking lightly Mm -hmm. with how we're sharing information or how we're we're championing our truth Mm -hmm. yeah i agree completely it's when i read all those comments on your post i was like i felt a little bit dumbfounded because some of the comments it felt you know you you, i feel like you were all trying to get to the same point Mm. but everyone was just taking a different starting point but you're all still getting to the same place you know you all want everyone to be healthy and to not be um to not be what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I feel like we're all under this like great weight of this, Mm. you know, it's all affecting us in one way or another. And some people are really defending how it's, how it's affecting more people than themselves. You know, like I, domestic violence, huge rates of like the rates of that Mm. have increased and it's, it's unreal. You know, it's like, there's no right or wrong. There's never, there's, yeah, no. no issues ever black and white. And I just thought it was so, it's like, I don't understand why people get so angry at other people's opinions. Yeah. And I, for me, it's, it's, if my goal and intention is to expand your consciousness or your knowledge or hopefully change your mind, why would somebody think that screaming at someone or belittling somebody is the way to do that. Yeah. Right. Like that I'm, I'm very much of the mindset of like, go higher. Like even in your anger and your frustration and in feeling that your rights are being violated, go higher, go fucking higher and let your truth match your vibration like don't yeah I just I am somebody who values compassion and the ability to have open and honest dialogue without judgment yeah yeah absolutely and how I've seen so many times how having those safe spaces to have conversation is where you can really start to make changes. Absolutely. Fuck yes. I right? mean, like if we all had the same opinion all the fucking time, would anything ever change? Nope. No, absolutely not. I mean, this is what makes us incredibly dynamic and interesting human beings is we mm-hmm. all, we all have, have our own perception of what our reality is, you know, mm-hmm. and how, how the environment affects our reality. We create these opinions and how our psyche is formed through all these experiences in our lives gives us these opinions. And how can you get mad at someone else for having a different existence and living in a different reality? So experiencing things completely different to you, how can you get mad at them for living completely different than you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, we should be interested. We should be interested in having these conversations, opening up these conversations. Yes. You 
are one of the immunocompromised, immunocompromised people. Yes, they're also people who are experiencing domestic violence. There are elderly people who, I mean, Northwood, like mm-hmm. a hospital here in our city has been completely. It's, um, it's not a hospital. It's a um, nursing home. Senior citizen, yeah, nursing home. And they have the highest rate of deaths. And it's like, you know, we're all experiencing this reality differently instead of belittling people for the experience that they're having or getting mad or whatever, you know, let's just lift each other up and support each other in this reality. We are all experiencing differently. Yeah. And I mean, like one of the things, because I've gotten really interested in social justice in general in the last couple of years and the idea of um, dismantling things like racism and ableism and classism and and what that looks like for me as an active citizen in how I'm choosing my words and how I'm showing up in saying something if it feels like a voice isn't being heard. And so for me, a big part in wanting to share was also that it's not to say that I'm neglecting the pain and things that I know are happening as a result of isolation. No, those are very real, but also those have been very real for a very long time. And it seems very convenient to me that people are now campaigning or championing for change to happen because of those things. When these individuals have never even considered it or talked about it, at all Mm -hmm. so it's like there's a lot of yeah there's just a lot of things that don't make sense to me and it's just very heavy on my heart and it's like fundamentally as an individual I am somebody who values freedom and autonomy over everything Mm -hmm. and there have been times that I've been sitting here and thinking like well fuck it I'm just gonna go hug some people because if I die I die and that's that but if I stop and I think outside of myself and recognize that by me doing that, I'm taking away choice potentially for somebody else, that will pause me. That will make me stop and consider what I'm doing or what I would like to be doing and maybe choose something differently. Because yes, sure, I have autonomy and freedom and choice, but I also fundamentally recognize that my actions and my inactions have consequences and a ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough, I, I am um, hearing you talk and talking about social justice and people kind of taking up the the torch for certain things and, and perhaps they never have before and they are now. And the quote from Frozen Two. Have you seen Frozen Two? It's yeah, I have. Okay, good. I have kids. Of course I have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the part where, um, I can't believe I'm quoting Frozen 2 right I can. now. Talking I can. I really can. Justice. <laughs> you, me, you ranted about it for 15 minutes on one of our momgasm parties. It's so and fucking yes, good. Yes, I can. Okay, um, drama! Watch it! I can't believe you remember me saying Of course that. I fucking do. <laughs> You're like, you can make it's your so own choices, but watch it! <laughs> Oh fuck, man! I love that movie. It's um, really good. So the part where the town is being like the, all the people are being run out of the town, 
Although they're on the hillside and it pans to Olaf and like all the kids are like sticking things in him and someone asks what Olaf is doing and he's like, oh, I think we're playing the game controlling things while you feel like you have no control. And I feel like that's kind of what people are doing right now. Like they're we trying, all have yeah. zero control. I mean, we, we don't, we have zero control. Yeah. So we're all trying to find things that we can control. Mm. And for some of that, that looks like championing certain things. Mm. For others like me, it's becoming like an interior decorator all of a sudden and like completely all of a sudden I have a green thumb and I'm outside planting shit now. And it's like <laughs> finding what you can to control while you feel like you have zero control. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, if you relate this to you and your situation, I mean, like, like what you just said so beautifully in that post of, you know, your whole life you've had to deal with this and this like mm. the the very real the very real knowledge that unfortunately mortality death is behind you it's like the sword you know mm. uh, like in Taoist philosophies they talk about this sword that's hanging above you and it's like hanging by a tether and at any time it could drop and that's mm. for everyone I mean yeah every, for every death is behind you but for you where you were so close to it at such a young age and talking about mm. it that's been behind you your whole entire life yeah. well it's like, it's like I did that post um or like the, the truth challenge today where one of the things that I shared which I think shook the shit out of a few people and made them really yeah. uncomfortable was yeah. I shared the fact that often, like more than often, I've had the thought where it would be easier to die than to go through another heart surgery. Yeah. Like I've literally sat with that and been like, I, like maybe, what if I just don't do it? What if I just let myself die? What if, what if that's what I choose and that's okay? And that was like, see my inbox, girl. <laughs> It's been, yeah. it's been a lot for people, but it is something like death is not something that I fear because I've had to, to, to get comfortable with the idea or notion that death is always closer to me than it, it might be to other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful that I'm at a point in my life where I don't fear death that I think for me, my personal belief is that there is something beyond death, what it is. I don't know. Will I be conscious of it? I don't fucking know. But I, I embrace the transformation of death. Do I want it now? No, no. But it, it is something that has been on my mind for as long as I can remember. And I mean, for me, I don't and haven't really, at least for the last 10 years or more, 10 to 12 years, like I've not really been the person who is overly cautious because that's not something that I feel serves me or my highest good because I don't want to be in a space where I am const constantly questioning everything I'm doing or being hyper neurotic about washing my hands. And if, if you're in a position similar to me and this is you, great, whatever. If that works for you, you do what works for you. But for me personally, like I really want to live my life to the fullest in whatever capacity that I can. And whenever death is ready to fucking take me, may it take me swiftly, please. It's my one ask. <laughs> but it is what it is. So what's really strange is for me, my kind of choice to honor the isolation 
mm. requirements is, yeah, sure, there's a little bit of self-preservation. But beyond that, it's more upholding the self-preservation of those who probably wouldn't make the same choice as me. Yeah. I love how you're just sitting in the dark right now. I know. The, the sun has gone down and I'm just like arms in the dark. <laughs> That's all I can see. <laughs> I've thought multiple times about like getting up and turning the light on, and I'm like, no, this fits my mood. <laughs> I know. It's like, whoa, this is getting ominous, man. <laughs> Ta da! There we go. Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's. I, it, it's, I, it's funny. You talked about control and about how we all don't have control right now and how we feel like we want control i feel like for the majority of people like who are kind of holding the torch of the freedom fighters like excuse me that's what they're advocating against this this idea that we don't have autonomy because there is there i at fundamentally there here's my belief (laughs) let's break this down give it to me give it to me (laughs) i love it you just got all cozy and now you look naked and it's great (laughs) fundamentally like because i sat back i cried a whole fucking lot i cried a lot i screamed into a lot of pillows i thrashed around i went to the beach i wrote some fucking vicious nasty posts that i didn't share with anybody because i do sit with things before i share them um because at the end of the day i don't want to contribute to the noise i don't want to contribute to the noise i don't want to fucking push people further than is helpful so I did all my things and I felt all my stuff. But at the end of the day, every single time I, I kept coming back to this idea that at the end of the day, we're all fighting for the same thing. We're all trying to advocate for the same thing, which is the fear that we don't feel safe. Mm. None of us feel safe. But the, the thing that is interesting is our route to safety might look different. For some, their route to safety might be in isolation, in slowing down the spread of the virus, mm-hmm. in making sure that um, the hospital systems aren't overwhelmed just in case they do end up getting sick and they do require a ventilator or hospitalization, et cetera, et cetera. For others, their fundamental idea or belief in safety, their value in safety is in the autonomy in the freedom and being able to choose. And so for me, where I somewhere in between where I'm like, I value both of these things mm-hmm. fundamentally. Yeah. What the fuck does that look like? Yeah. Like what what does that look like? Because I think a lot of the individuals that are getting really, really angry and really, really loud or that I'm hearing or seeing the most, at least in my circle, there's a lot of concern around the idea of mandatory vaccination, which is something that I personally am a hard fucking no against. Like that is a hard fucking no for me because that's like trading apples for oranges. It's like, oh, this virus is only killing 1%, which I think it, it is 10% is more likely closer to the numbers. But again, I have not fact checked any of this and there's a lot of varying degrees and numbers out there Mm -hmm. so whatever that's a whole other fucking mess but if we're using the example of like one percent one percent might be killed by this virus one percent might be killed or severely injured by a vaccine like there is no winning 
in that. And for me, I feel above all in anything, have access to free information, have access to free information so you can do your own research and form your own informed opinion and then move from that and make a choice that makes sense for you as an individual. I don't believe in the current vaccine schedules that there are. I'm not saying that I don't vaccinate my kids or that I don't believe in vaccination as a whole because I do see that it is beneficial, that it has helped um, a lot of individuals. Yeah. Is it right for me necessarily? Is it right for my kids or is it right for my kids in the way that it is currently done? I'm not entirely positive that it is. And so we alter things in how we do it so that it does fit and make sense for us. So, I mean, it's really hard to be in a position where I'm sitting here going like, please consider all lives and how you move in the world and how you show up. But also I fucking see you and I'm scared of that shit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I've, I, I, I also shared similar opinions to you about the vaccinations, bodily autonomy, freedoms, and so on and so forth. Actually, this brings me to the very fantastic idea that you shared with me the other day, where you said, if I ruled the world, or if I, ruled country, I would do this. And I was like, oh, really? What would you do? But you actually had an amazing idea. What, you said something along, you said that, People who wanted yes. to go out freely could do so, and people who wanted to isolate could do so. But it was more than that. So it was more than that. So this was my like caveat of brilliance. And I'm sure there's going to be tons of people that are like, the economy can't support that. We don't have free money, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. Let me live in my fairy tale for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me paint you a picture of my utopian society if I was in control while COVID happened. <laughs> So my idea was, would people feel differently if it was a choice to isolate? That was like the foundation of my idea. Would you feel differently if it was your choice to stay home, to social distance, and to live in a way that honors and recognizes there, there are a lot of people within our society, within our world that do have compromised immune systems or do have, um, previous health conditions that will not fare as well as certain individuals or healthy individuals with COVID or other illnesses. So would you feel differently if it was a choice to stay home? And then the other part of that was that the government of Lindsay (laughs) would financially compensate those that chose to stay home. So businesses that chose to close and stay home, they would be financially compensated based on what their typical earnings would be for this period of time that they're closing. Their employees would be compensated for lost wages and pay. Um, and, and it would be that across the board. So those that did continue to go about their day, to do their stuff, to go to work, wouldn't be compensated. But those that chose to stay home would be. And that would be my like, okay, this is how I can kind of maybe entice other people to stay home or have the option of staying home, but let them be in a space where it is fundamentally their choice mm-hmm. to make that quote unquote sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's such an interesting idea. And like, it made me wonder 
what's going to happen for the second wave. You know, if it's just going to be everything that we've been through the first wave, you know, over again, and then through the third wave, because there's going to be other waves of this shit. Hold on. I like to live in the space of ignorance and manifest that there will be no more waves. Well, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's a great outlook. No, but that's, that, that's, not, that's fantastic. I mean, that's, uh, that's not a dystopian view of the future. It's a very optimistic view. Yeah. And I think that if we all put a little bit more optimism, perhaps things would manifest and there would not be. Also, we probably wouldn't be screaming at each other. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's, it definitely makes me wonder about the future and how, mm. you know, I think that pandemic, pandemics, you know, this is the first in my life that here in North America that we have lived mm. through one. Well, um, SARS was pretty close. SARS was. That, that hit Toronto, though. Yeah. Didn't come to Halifax. I mean, this is this is the most in um, global. Is the first global hitting. pandemic. Yeah, and you know, some people are saying this won't be the last. You know, I think pandemics are going to be just a part of our future as humankind. And it's like, well, they've always been a part of human existence. You know, they've been concentrated, yeah. and there's been smaller ones, and there's been larger ones. I mean, the fucking Black Plague, like that. <laughs> This is really funny because Jeff and I were ha- Jeff and I have had many conversations, but specifically about the Black Plague. So sorry to cut you off. No, um, Jeff and I have been having a lot of um, heated conversations around like privilege and around how people are conducting themselves in this time and all of these things and and. Um, he was using the example of like how people have been talking about the black plague as a pandemic and the Spanish flu as a pandemic and how um, the difference between like a now and then. And he was like, guess what? Able-bodied white people were pretty much fucking fine for those too. Jeff he's like if you've listened to the tag gases episodes you've gotten a glimpse into like Jeff which he's like very cynical and like he's he's also big into like the sarcastic dry Mm. douchey humor he's also like the amount of memes he has sent me that are so fucking douchey to just like blast all over the internet to send to like piss people off that's yeah no I no no I'm not that person but He's like, yeah, let's start a fire. (laughs) Oh my God, Jeff. He's very much like, I think it was the other day. I think it was yesterday. He was like, well, they're going to be fucking idiots. Do you want them as friends anyway? Just cut them the fuck out. And I was like, no, no, not okay. Jeff is salty. (laughs) He's a little salty. I think he's also feeling like a little bit of like my lover's being attacked, which I'm not mm. mostly. Mm. Um, I'm not. I am. I am very thrilled with with some of the people who are very respectful and and loving and in sharing their disagreement or their viewpoint. 
which is like thumbs up. That's what I'm here for. That's what I want more of that. Mm. But he's he gets a little bit uh, protective sometimes. I mm. think. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. So that's that understandable. Was his, that was his like, well, fuck him. <laughs> Man, yeah. I mean, for most of us, we would all have that opinion. To be honest, it takes a lot um, to to look at those comments and be like, okay, no, I'm going to take the high road. I'm going to see you where you are i'm gonna lean into this conversation let's Mm. let's keep this open you know it's it definitely takes a lot of compassion compassion Mm. to do that and like you said you you do have a lot you really really do and that was i like to think i do you do i try i try and i think like a lot of this has to do with my heart condition and the things that i've been through and i mean also just a lot of my upbringing and bullying and and all of the things really helped me pull back rather than just react especially if it's if it's in um like an online platform it's easier for me to like stop myself and like pull the fuck back and take a breather and then respond from compassion and connection versus if I'm like in the flesh, you're going to get my fucking fiery hot-headed Aries mouth running at you really quickly. Yeah. And then tears. I I think everyone, I'm certain, I shouldn't say everyone, I'm certainly like that. You know, the people who who I have ever come across that are able to hold their composure and like in flesh, you know, in in arguments or debates or whatever, and able to have their composure and reply with compassion. Just like, I admire people who, when they're in a heated conversation, the people who pause before they say anything, I'm like, damn, you must meditate. Cause like, (laughs) Uh there's the Uh quote. I, it's funny because I, I can, I've actually had situations or circumstances, I think I've told you about this before, where I've been high and been able to do it really well. Like I had a situation that I talked about with Ruth today on the show. I can't remember if it made it into the recording or if it was what we talked about after, where I was really high, um, not super high, but I had had an edible before I went to my parents' house because I was experiencing like a really high pain day with my mm. shoulder and my neck. And it was probably one of the first times that I'd gone to my parents' house high, but it was after my article with the coast came out. So I was like, well, they know I get high now, so it's fine. And my mom chose that day to like tear into me about something, which my mom and I have like pretty intense boundaries at this point where it's like, she doesn't talk about my social media. She doesn't talk about what I do for work. This is, these are just things that mm. we're very much out of alignment with and have very, very um drastically different value systems and beliefs mm. around and so we just that's our boundary we don't talk about it because again you can't force somebody to change who they are mm. or believe what it is that you believe and so instead i choose to love her as she is in all of her flaws and fuckery and she loves me in all of my flaws and fuckery and and it is what it is and we respect the space but for some reason this day she chose to like <laughs> my dog is just like what what <laughs> i know zoe <laughs> um I miss you, zoe. 
I know. She misses you. She's like, Sarah, come love me and tell me my breath is stinky. I know. I miss her fluffy little body. So So my mom started to tear into me. I think it had something to do with, um, it started with how I was showing too much of myself on social media and my how I curse on social media and then it spiraled into how I share my kids on social media to I'm a terrible mother who doesn't care for the safety of my kids to and I just like instead of reacting to any of it I just kept asking more questions and I was like okay Mm -hmm. like I I I I hear you like what what is it about that that has you upset and I just kept going and like didn't get triggered, didn't react, just kept being like, huh, I wonder what it is beneath this that's actually the problem. And we kept going and going and going. And eventually we got to like the the foundation of it, which was she was worried that I don't have enough fear to keep my kids safe. Mm. That that was her like fundamental fear that I was not considering the realities of the world around me and I was putting my kids in jeopardy with how I show up online and how I show up in the world which I fundamentally disagree with but I was able to kind of just keep my cool the entire conversation Mm -hmm. to see her in her fear and have compassion for Mm -hmm. her and simply respond and say you know what I've heard you You've said what you need to say, but I don't prescribe to to living my life that way. I don't prescribe to living my life centered around fear because I don't think that serves me. It doesn't mean that I'm ignorant to stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that this stuff doesn't cross my mind and I don't think about keeping my kids safe or being mindful of how or what I share online as far as like location tagging and um, addresses or hey, this is my neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't believe that living in a state of fear is going to help anybody. Mm-hmm. So I hear you, but I, I fundamentally disagree with you. And this is where you need to understand me and hear me. This is my life and my choice. And they're not your kids. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was in that moment. I was so fucking proud of myself. And then also like looked at Jeff and I was like, I need to be high more often. Dude, this is what's going through my head. I'm like, I think from like now on for human existence, we should all (laughs) just take a toke before we start an argument or debate. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. (laughs) Continue. And then share it though. Cause COVID. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, I'll just walk around with an emergency blunt in our pocket in case we get into an argument. Uh, You're at the fucking drive-thru and they're not hearing your order. Just like, wait, wait, wait. Can I please get, can I (laughs) get a chicken McChicken burger with a chocolate milk, please. You know, like, I feel like we, it would all just take the edge off of all of us. Yeah. Because I feel the same way. Like, whenever, you know, Ollie and I don't really ever have arguments while high. We definitely have, like, really interesting conversations. 
Mm -hmm. um, very philosophical conversations. And sometimes we take different sides and it's, you know, when you were telling that story, I was like, I can, I like, I know exactly where you are. Like I know exactly that mindset and it's such a wonderful mindset to be in mm -hmm. to like, to be talking to someone who's not high and like, they're really passionate about something. And you're almost like looking at them. Like they're like some kind of art piece. You're like, wow, you can get angry. Right. You can completely like put yourself in the place of the witness where it's like, I'm having this conversation, but I'm also watching it unfold. Yeah. And it's, it's this really cool perspective. And I, I mean, I firmly believe it's like what I would be able to attain when I'm like 65, 70, if I have the privilege of living that long, if I continue with breath work and meditation and grounding myself daily and just smoking a ton of fucking weed but <laughs> but it's 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 like you no longer center yourself in your existence like you're able to pull yourself outside of it and and relate in a very interesting and compassionate way mm. um while also standing in your truth and conviction and I think this is my biggest fucking message in all of this is compassionate sharing, empathy, and also living from a place of like, I'm not always right. Mm -hmm. I might be right for me, for my life, for my choice, for my kids, but I'm not always fucking right. Mm -hmm. And there are other existences. There are other people living in different situations than I have and that I am living that my choice or my belief might not align with their values or their existence mm -hmm. in a way that serves them or their highest good. Mm -hmm. And when we can believe that, and when we know that to be true, that there, there, I had a, there, I think somebody commented the other day, a good friend of mine, where she, I did another, a different post where I was trying to create safe space for sharing and talking about how, we all have individual truths. And um, I think I had asked the question along the lines of, of um, how can we exist in a space when we have different truths or some, something like that. And then they had responded and, and they were like, well, is there really different truths for everyone or is there not like a collective truth? And I think there is both. I think there is like an overarching collective truth of what is happening. Um, in the world that we don't always necessarily have access to. Like we don't always get the full fucking picture, which is annoying and frustrates the shit out of me because <laughs> I like knowing things and I like dismantling them and getting into them. And Oh my God, that was loud and aggressive. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, is that the, that's that the lime? It is. Oh, dang. It's really good. Um, it's kind of like a Corona with lime, but I, but yeah, I really like it. I really like it. You would like, you would love it. Ooh, I want some right now. Fuck. Um, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Propeller beer, sponsor us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Please. Um, <laughs> Let's put a pussy on a can. <laughs> Bitch, I'm still pushing for some like papaya branded alcohol right? at some point. Please. Fuck. Papaya branded beer, propeller. Let's do this. Let's tag them in this episode. <laughs> oh, please. Actually, for sure. I actually know their marketing director. So I wait, I think. 
okay, I think there's some propeller things going on here that like have happened in the past for us and like connections. I thought yours was Garrison though. Was it? I thought yours it was, was Garrison. No, because it? it was the Oxford Tap Room that you're talking about. I don't know, man. Anyway, we were, <laughs> we were talking about something really interesting here. Truth. And, and, then Jeff, and then Jeff came in with like an aggressive beer open, and I was like, what? He was trying to be inconspicuous and like get in and out before it caused a disruption, but in his attempt to be inconspicuous, very impressive. I was talking about how like I believe that there's a collective truth of of like what is actually happening on a global scale of if there's like a grand grander issue like there is with COVID. Mm. And then also recognizing our our individual truth Mm. that my position my life, my experience, where I live, the color of my skin, the ability of my body, my gender, all of that is going to alter my individual truth. So it's kind of like the argument of um, people being fucking ignorant and saying that racism is not a thing anymore. Hmm. For you, in your individual life, As a yeah. white person, yeah. you might not recognize that racism is still a fucking thing, mm-hmm. but it is still very much a thing. And it is a very real fucking truth that individuals who are in um, black bodies have to deal with and live with every fucking day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can I soften and listen and hear someone's truth and then have that affect and influence mine moving forward. Mm-hmm. Can I make space for that existence and for that truth so that I can then inform the way that I move through the world in a way that has compassion for those individuals? Mm-hmm. This is really making me think a lot about, um, I just finished reading the book Untethered Soul by Michael uh, Singer. And it was a really really wonderful book um and in there there's so many different chapters about so many different things but in there he was talking about how it kind of along the lines of like truths and Mm. how for each individual we don't really have truths we don't really have dreams we don't really have there's you know what we are at at our core is just energy we are Mm. we are alive in this body we are aware and you know anything outside of that it's 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 not really a part it doesn't make you it doesn't make the person that i am and it was really kind of a hard pill to swallow especially when he was like when you come to realize this you let go of your dreams and your aspirations and you just exist and i was like this is really hard for me to understand because i grew up thinking that I am this, that, and the other, and that I have to move through the world as this type of person and all of my, my experiences and what happened through those experiences have shaped me into a human being and the person I am today. But what he's saying is that we can let go of all of that. Like the experiences that, that those are just experiences. It's just that they're nothing else. They don't, they don't have to shape you as a person. They don't affect you. And well, we fuck let- you person. <laughs> well, that was kind of my immediate reaction. I was like, Oh, Ooh, I really, this is making me feel extremely uncomfortable, but it's supposed to, because you know, 
if all of us were just existing in the world as, you know, just at our core level, um, it would be completely different, but none of us are, none of us are, we are all creating our psyche and, and who we are from the experiences that we have and how we show up in the world and how other people interact with us. But he's saying in order to be truly happy, you have to let go of all of that and just let experiences happen and let go of it. That's oh all yeah, it no, for sure. The guy, I, it's funny. I'm somewhere in between with that. Like I, I'm somebody who, I'm somebody who fundamentally believes that you chose this time, you chose this body for a purpose and that the things that you are born into will shape you into or give you the opportunity of being shaped into who you are meant to be should you have an active role in that while also recognizing that I can completely detach and let go from the things that I am existing through. Mm -hmm. So it's this really, it's this weird space of, can I remember that at the core, I am love, I am truth, I am vibrancy, I am light. And also honor the darkness that I am existing through and how that gifts me depth and understanding and compassion and growth and pushes me. Because I think it's, I'm kind of somebody who teeters more towards the side of, I feel like it is unhealthy and unnatural to completely detach ourselves from the human existence. Like we're here to have a human existence for a reason. It's all well and good to be like, I'm ethereal, I'm light. Because yes, you are. I'm not saying that you aren't. But you're also in a fucking flesh suit, having a fucking flesh experience. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're not honoring and recognizing that, we're like bypassing something that we're here to do and experience. Mm -hmm. So it's this like, can you, for me anyway, can, can I find the middle ground between allowing the things that I experience to influence me in a positive way so that I can grow, so that I can change, so that I can evolve into this highest version of myself so that I can do the things that I have been put on this earth to do with all of my passion and fire and light while also not being overly attached to everything that happens to me or everything that I exist through or everything that I desire. Can I be both energy and human? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what really, what I took away from the entire book and what really spoke to me was I have always and I think for many people, the experiences that I've lived through, I really put a lot of value yeah. in those experiences and really let those experiences shape me. And I've kind of like lived in the shadows of those experiences experiences like this has happened to me so this is why I'm the person that I am mm -hmm. and this is why I do the things that I do and what that book is really trying to teach you is to have agency is mm. to to remember 
that those are just experiences. And yes, you are in a human body and you're going to keep experiencing things. And that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to wake up to life. And, and instead of clinging to the experiences that you've had to let go of them and to just mm. keep letting the, all of the experiences, good and bad, dark and light, to keep happening and to just keep letting go of them mm. and to say, okay, this is life and I'm going to experience it. Because I think so many of us, there's this amazing quote that I love that he said, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I can never fucking remember shit. Um, <laughs> um, Sarah, don't make that your truth. Right? Okay. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I can remember things. I think I just really like to paraphrase a lot of the time. Well, there you go. Then let there that you be your truth. Be like, I like to embrace things with my own flair as I, I share like them. I like to embody it. There you go. Um, there's this amazing, he said, something along the lines of, we are not living life. We are living mind. And that really spun me because he and in the, he goes on to say so many of us we live a month of head a month ahead we live a weeks ahead oh, we're yeah, planning yeah, yeah, our yeah, life yeah. as we go we're not living in the moment i actually quoted this in in the dad episode because ollie asked me what did covid gift me and i i said mm. presence and yeah. i i mentioned that quote because it, it's just so spot on and I think so many of us are constantly living in the mind and we mm. are, when experiences happen to us, we're just stuck in our mind and it's all we can think about. And mm. that's emotional addiction. It can lead to that, you know, that obsession. And I think for a lot of us right now, for relating this to COVID, so many of us are living in our mind when yeah. COVID is really gifting us the opportunity to live life, yeah. to live where we are. Yes, not uh, not all of us have that opportunity. Yeah. Like like I said earlier, domestic abuse and uh people who are not able bodies and child abuse, it's you know, they they are living in their mind continually because that's their escape. But mm. for the people who do have that opportunity to live life and live in the present moment every day, you know, we can take that opportunity to real, really build these positive communities built, you know, cause I think we mm. lost community and you and I talked about that. And when we were saying we would love to just like build our own utopian society, uh -huh. um, <laughs> uh -huh. but I think, right. But I think that COVID is gifting us. It already has. We already see it here in Nova Scotia with all the tragedy that has happened here in Nova Scotia the last four, three weeks. Um, community has really stepped up to embrace everyone and to help everyone through all of this. And there's been a lot of outpouring of support and not only in like emotional support, but as physical as we possibly can. Mm. I mean, like, there's this whole phenomenon happening right now here in Are you gonna I think all of Nova Yes! <laughs> I love that I knew where you were going with this. Did you fucking get fairied, bitch? No, I didn't get fairied. I got weed fairied. No way! You got weed fairied! I did. It was fucking delightful. Um, oh my I have, god! I actually have like a bag that I am waiting to ferry somebody with. I still need to add a bag of chips to it. I'm gonna do um, a salt, a salt, um, a <gasps> salt bath thing for them with some other little tidbits that I've gotten there. This uh, is amazing! I'm really excited about it. It's been like 
yeah so if you don't know what being ferried is just to give you guys like the 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 cold notes version is essentially there's a bunch of women within nova scotia it started with like the wine ferry phenomenon which was a bunch of women dropping off alcohol at people's houses which i'm like i don't know how to i i love the idea but i'm also like I know we're all just posting our address on this Facebook group, hoping that nothing bad happens. Right. But so far, so it so got good. shut down. So the group is no longer; it doesn't exist anymore. It got shut down last week. Oh shit! There was, there was thirty thousand people or something, and and people were being ignorant and not helpful and super douchey, which is unfortunate. Ooh. But the weird, the weed fairy group still lives on, and I've been invited to the weed, which I invited you like three times. I don't know if you miss the invite or if they're just not accepting people i don't know what's up but i invited you a few times but same idea but with cannabis for individuals that don't drink or for individuals that partake in cannabis and um it was the most delightful thing to have a bright pink fairy bag dropped off at my door with like a thing of alcohol and some like activity books and two different nugs of weed to try. One of them had like a note on it that says um, something along the lines of like, don't use unless you're ready to surrender to the couch, something like that, which was really funny. And then the other one just had <laughs> a written on it, which I was like, I don't know what okay means, but all right, I'll fuck with this. <laughs> but it's just, it's like, this really joyful opportunity to like provide a little bit of sunshine for somebody's day. And there have been really cool things like that, that have been happening. And there's been really, really cool ways that people have been choosing to support their local businesses, which is so fucking important right now. And um, yeah, it's been really, really cool to see people come together and, it's funny you were just talking about this like the book and and things and it's like as you I was I was listening to you talk I was sitting here thinking like maybe this is why like maybe this is something that I do actually have a pretty good or pretty good handle on doing for myself where it's like at this point in my life half of the time if not more I forget that I have a heart condition like I don't it's like not even in my realm at all until it has to be Mm. Um, like I was talking earlier about how I have that thought every once in a while of like, well, maybe it would be easier to die. It's not like I'm having this thought all the time or always thinking about having my heart condition. 95% of the time, I'm not thinking about it at all anymore because it, it's, it doesn't serve me to be thinking about it all the time. Oh my God. Did you freeze? You froze. I heard you go. Ah, ah." (laughs) both froze temporarily. Hopefully that recorded. But anyway, um, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not thinking about it often, if ever, but when I do think about it or when I do have that moment of realization of like, oh fuck, like the valve that they put in is only good for <laughs> the time frame I was given was eight to 13, eight to 12 years. It's been 12 years going on 13. <laughs> so it's that like, those are the moments where I'm like, oh, right oh yeah, like I do have this thing that is part of me, but outside of that, like it's not, it's not like I'm clinging to that as my identity Mm -hmm. anymore. That's what I was doing for a very long time before I started my self-love journey. And I feel like this ties into um, the idea of like a self-love journey of just like recentering yourself into your truth and letting go of all of the identities that you've had over the years of whether it's sexual abuse, physical abuse, domestic abuse, um, 
bullying, fucking anything and everything and all of the experiences that you've allowed to define you or define define your value. Um, when you really start to connect and recenter yourself into, well, no, this has informed how I show up in the world. It doesn't change who I am or dictate who I am. It's given me the opportunity to do really cool shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it changes, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, that's, I've, yeah, I resonate a lot with that. I've been doing a lot of work lately around the whole idea of multiplicity in, in myself and mm. how every individual is multifaceted and I don't have to show up in the world as just one version of Sarah. And I mm. thought for a very long time that I had to uphold this one exquisite, perfect <sighs> version. That's exactly in reality, right? When in reality, I'm, we are all multi multifaceted. There's so many different sizes. There's an infinite amount of, of size to who I am and yeah. all of them have value and all of them have a voice and all of them, I don't need to be afraid of showing them. And it's, yeah, it's been really interesting. This is really interesting. This might tie down, tie down, tie into, oh my God, what am I saying? <laughs> what am I saying? I've had a beer and a half. What am I saying? I'm gonna um, go smoke a J as soon as I'm done. Fuck yeah, you are, bitch. Fuck yeah. Oh, did I write it down? Oh my god. I feel like this has like kind of loosely ties into something that I wrote down on a whim earlier today. So you can reinvent yourself a thousand times, but I don't think I don't like to think of it as a reinvention, but instead of an expression of your current state. Mm-hmm. Right? Where it's mm-hmm. like I can I can change my wardrobe, I can change my hairstyle, I can change the way that I'm showing up as far as like if I'm vibrant and peppy and perky and excited or if I'm like more grounded and intellectual and insular and thoughtful it doesn't mean I am like putting on a different persona or that I'm like showing up falsely I'm just embodying what I am feeling in that moment and that is okay and is beautiful and is magnificent and it's like if we can stop at the idea of oh I've reinvented myself to do this or to be this or to wear this or to show up this way and or on the other side prevent myself from embodying all of the different ways that I want to show up and just trust the process and like embody the process, really cool shit can happen. Like I went on a walk today in a body, velour bodysuit and a fucking tutu and sneakers. Fuck yeah, you did. With no bra. Fuck yeah, you did. It was great actually. See that's, you know, it's, yeah, the, the image that comes to mind, which is coming to, has been coming to my mind for the last I want to say like a couple months that I've been like really working through this whole idea of multiplicity is uh, this diamond form and how everybody is a diamond form and all of our sides are represented on this diamond form. And if you turn the diamond, I'm still the same person. You're just seeing a different side Mm. and it's, you know, you can relate it to that. Or like, if you look at yourself in a puddle and you throw a rock in, you're going to see all these different versions of you, this like ripple effect, you know, this shimmering. And then they all come back together and you see the one. You know, it's, we, we have to, we have to be comfortable with all, we don't have to, you know, I should It would be helpful to. Yes, it would be helpful. (laughs) And just to allow yourself explore all the different sides of you and to let other people do that. 
to accept that we're not just one version showing up in the world. Another really cool way to play with this is in your sexuality. Yes. (laughs) Gaga. Yes, Gaga. (laughs) Right? But it's like, I show up some days and I want to be dominated and I want someone to like pull my fucking hair and like pull on my hips and like fucking give it to me hard and like, like some days that happens most of the time i want like sweet tender love making neither is better than the other neither has more value than the other it just fucking depends what state i'm in and what i fucking need sometimes i want it up the ass because i need a little bit more grounding in my life and that's fucking okay Right? I love that. I love I love how you oh, I love how you relate anal to to being grounded. Like I love that. Hey, Every you want to feel grounded? Just take it up the butt, man. Just, you're good to Dude, go. Root chakra. Every I time. I love but it. It's so funny because it's like for me anyway, every time that I am craving anal, it's always when life feels a little bit fucked. Mm. And I feel very like I'm floating in this weird liminal space or just going through things. Like we had anal recently Mm. and it was fucking interrupted by children, which is, (laughs) I can tell you the fucking worst, the worst, because there's no just sliding it back in and keeping going. No, No, that's not how that works. But I was very much feeling that like, Oh, my butt's a little hungry. Why is it a little hungry? Do I need uh, a little bit of grounding? Maybe? Okay. Let's eat some dick. (laughs) Can someone please make that as a comic strip? Like, please, Lindsay's butt going, hmm, I'm a little hungry. Oh my god. My butt's a little hungry. Oh, that's the quote right there. <laughs> I feel like there's multiple quotes for for this. But yeah, like it's it's really cool when you can give yourself permission to show up in all of the multifaceted, different, amazing, beautiful, equally important ways. Exactly. That you yeah. show up in the world, whether it's in the bedroom or in the real world or in how you mother or whatever it is, right? It's yeah. just like when we can let go of the idea that we need a specific way that we have to show up and we can just get quiet and listen to what it is that we desire or what it is that we need, really cool fucking shit happens. Yeah, absolutely. So with that Man, being said. This has been an interesting conversation. Right? Like we've, we've touched on a lot of amazing stuff with this conversation. I agree entirely. Fuck, this it's is been, good. It's been good. Really good. We got to uh, record more often after getting hours of sunlight. Because apparently we just like, I don't know, makes for amazing conversations. It does. It's not surprising, all that fucking vitamin D. Right? Fuck, Jesus, I've needed that for a long... The weather has actually been pretty wonderful. I have to say, like, in all of the shenanigans... Yeah, I agree. I've been very grateful for the weather situation that has been now. (laughs) Agreed. Wow, that took a while to get out. (laughs) It did. It's because I'm also trying to multitask and, like, text somebody something, which is just not... 
<laughs> not going very well for me. I'm like trying really, really hard and it's just, it's not cute. It's not great. It's not, it's not really. Good not, effort. Good effort. I'm, I'm trying friend. It's, it's cause my, my episode, I guess with uh, Ruth that I mentioned on this episode already is actively up now. And, oh, wow. And the pictures that I sent her, I need to text to her instead because it's better quality via text. Hot so damn. that's why I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? What's going on? I don't know. Jesus Christ. What time is it? <laughs> Where my brain is, if, if you were wondering. The beer has taken effect. It totally has. <laughs> Reach that point, friends. In the episode where everything is just falling apart. Oh. And on that note, we will say goodbye. Peace, love, and a whole lot of cum. Or not. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Are you loving what we're dishing out? Then follow us on Instagram for more juicy content weekly. Or come join our free Facebook community, The Momgasm Den, where the conversations and hilarity never end. If you're craving a little bit more momgasm and love VIP treatment, join our Patreon community where we're serving up bloopers, unreleased episodes, first dibs on upcoming events, snail mail, and so much more. Seriously, you do not want to miss out on this. Make sure you never miss a new Momgasm episode by subscribing. And why not show us a little bit of love while you're at it? By sharing, liking, and commenting on your favorite episodes. And that's it. That's all we got for you. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.